welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay, hoping you're having a terrific day. Wait till you hear today's topic, which has been debated probably since it was written in the Bible. I am referring to the topic of submission. In this podcast, Zig will give you a real-life example of how submission works in a healthy, loving marriage. Turn up the speakers and headphones, and I'll be back in a few minutes. I'm a foodie, and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous, and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I just absolutely love what psychologist Howard Markham uh, said in an article in the Dallas Morning News. He said, what people are looking for in a relationship is understanding and validation. There's a dramatic difference between understanding and agreeing or disagreeing. When you ask people what they want, both sexes say they want a friend, someone who understands and listens, not necessarily someone who agrees. The other major thing they want is someone to do fun things with, Dr. Markham says. So let's look at the difference between leadership in the home as versus dictatorships in the home. My friend Victor Oliver says, Godly wisdom and love in the truest sense lead men and women to recognize each other's strengths and allow these strengths to be used to solidify this relationship. Leadership means identifying strengths and weaknesses, agreeing on responsibilities in these areas, and having regular times of evaluation to inspect to make sure you get what you expect. Senior Vice President of our company, Jim Savage, says that leadership is not making all the decisions. Leadership is seeing to it that the right person is making the decision. I love the story of Benjamin Franklin when we talk about learning by example. He knew that Philadelphia needed street lanterns, but he knew that people would resist it if he tried to tell them what to do. 
So what he did was very simple. He hung up a beautiful, polished brass lantern in front of his house. Didn't say a word. It wasn't a week before one of his neighbors hung up one, and then in another week, another neighbor had hung up one, and the first thing you know, we have got a lighted situation. In leadership in the home, this is leadership anywhere else, you've got to have a leader. Now, leadership is a function. It is not a position. And so when we look at it that way, we need to understand that a football team needs a leader, a business needs a leader, a home needs a leader, a church needs a leader. In every organization, you need a leader. Now, let's see what Paul says about it in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter and the 3rd verse. Now, I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. He establishes that chain of command very, very clearly. Every company has a CEO. Our company does. We also have a senior vice president, a vice president, and several significant managers. When decisions are to be made, there's a conference. We get together, we brainstorm, we decide what is the best, but ultimately, if no decision can be made, then that's the CEO's responsibility to make that decision. Every organization that I have ever seen that was successful had a leader in that organization. Can you imagine a football quarterback calling a play and the wide receiver said, no, you called his play last time. It's my turn this time. Now throw the ball to me. We would have pretty much confusion. Whether it's on the field of battle, whether it's in corporate America, whether it's on the football or athletic field, it's always the same. There must be somebody in charge. In my own family, it works that way simply because the redhead knows that when we make any kind of an important decision that I will already have prayed about it. And she believes sincerely, and I naturally believe rightly, that if God and I cannot come up with the right answer, she doesn't think that she could come up with the right answer either. Does that mean that I'm always right? Why, of course not. She's a very bright lady. First of all, we talk about everything. I mean, almost literally everything we discuss. And then after the discussion, the decision is made. Now, a lot of times I submit to her. You know, the Bible says husbands and wives submit to each other. Now, a lot of people overlook that particular verse, but it's right there in black and white. Submit to each other. She's bought everything in the house. She has much better taste. She has much better color coordination. She knows style and class 10 times as well as I do. So as the old saying goes, who should sing bass in the choir? Well, the bass should sing bass. So in the husband-wife relationships, the one who has the greater knowledge, the greater insight, the greater instincts, as she has in so many areas, she's the one I submit to her on these other things about how to make a living, which book should I write, and things of this nature, I'm the one who makes that decision. My friend, uh, Paul Meyer, who is a theologian, who's also a psychiatrist with Menrith Meyer Clinic, has this to say. 
in our marriage because of what the Bible says. I'm the president and my wife is the executive vice president. Usually we agree. If we don't agree, we talk things out together. On the rare instances where we can't resolve our disagreements over an issue by talking it out, it is my responsibility to make the final call. And then he goes ahead to say it's just like at Menrith Meyer. He and Frank Meyer are uh, partners in that organization. But he said the only difference is he serves as the president. I serve as the vice president. It's a 50-50 deal. It's just that his 50% weighs a little bit heavier than mine weighs. Let's look at what we read in 1 Peter, the third chapter and the first verse. And here's where a lot of times when people listen, they begin to get just a little bit squeamish about what it is. But I encourage you to uh, keep the mind open and listen to the entire message because I think both husbands and wives will be happy with it. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Then in the seventh verse of the third chapter, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. I've read that verse a few hundred times. But recently when I read it, I saw something that I had not seen before. And the word I had not really seen before was respect. It says, treat your wife with respect as the weaker partner. And somehow or other, that seemed a little inconsistent. So I got out my trusty 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary where you can get the good definitions. That's before they started changing and watering things down. And I looked up the word respect and it says regard. It means attention. That estimation or honor in which men hold the distinguished worth or substantial good qualities of others. That deportment or course of action which proceeds from esteem, regard, due attention as to treat a person with respect. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that does not sound in any way like a lesser person. The word weaker has nothing to do with lesser. What does it mean in the original language? It means kinder, gentler, more loving, more delicate, finer, more complex, gracious, and empathetic. Now that certainly doesn't sound like lesser to me, not at all. DeSales said it so eloquently when he said, nothing is so strong as gentleness and nothing so gentle as real strength. So much of the idea of submission in a marriage has been distorted that it helps for us to hear how it can work in a very practical way in a marriage. Think about how you and your mate interact. Is it loving? Is it with trust? What can you do in your actions or attitude to make submission a more practical matter in your marriage? This is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.